Welcome to Twice Born Podcast. I'm Mike Bailey. If you haven't already, please go to the website twiceborn.net and also you can see videos on YouTube and Facebook. And if you would like to reach out, please email twicebornministry at gmail.com. Enjoy. And to read his words to us so that we can mature and grow in our faith. And if you don't know Christ today, I would invite you to come to know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, because that's what life is all about. Being at peace with God through Christ is the most important thing any of us can do. And we are in part three of our series, War of the Worlds. There is a war going on between two worlds, the seen world and the unseen world, and every day we interact with that war, and we're in that battle, and uh, as we think about it, we're told to put on the full armor of God. We're to wear the full armor of God. It is protection that does not come from within, but it comes from with Him, right? It doesn't come from within. It comes from when we're with Christ. And so as we look at this, as we dive into this, and we think about what it means to put on the full armor of Christ, it's something I don't already have, I have to put it on, it's something outside of me. Uh, We talked about the importance of recognizing the difference between Christianity and critical theory, that we don't want to be woke, but we want to be twice born. We want to be born spiritually. The real problem in the world isn't all the mess we see. The problem with the world is that we are cursed by sin, separated from God, and there's only one solution to that problem. And that is giving our hearts and lives, repenting of our sin, and knowing Christ as our Savior. And so we are to commit our lives to that. And by doing that, we commit the truth in righteousness. And we live the right way, meaning we live right with God, we live right with others, so that we can point others to the right way. We exist to reflect Christ's glory. We exist to help others come to know Christ as their Savior. The only hope that is available on this earth to any of us is to have a deep personal relationship with Christ. And so I exist to do that, you exist to do that, we exist to do that, and we invite everyone into that. That is the hope of humankind. That is the answer to the problem that we see around us. And it is the answer to the problem, what is the purpose of life? The purpose of life is to know Christ and to be known by Christ. Today we're going to talk about faith and peace. Faith and peace. Two things I I think are important. Faith, what do you believe? And does that belief lead you to a place of peace? Do you have peace in your heart? Do you have peace in your mind? Do you have peace in your soul? Do you have faith that is strong and healthy? And what is that faith in? One of the things I'm very indebted to my father for, one of the things I'm very thankful that he uh, made part of my life growing up is that we went to conferences and we watched videos about science and Christianity, understanding that God is a God of order and law and that he created this unbelievable universe that we live in. Do you realize how amazing it is that we are here right now? That is an amazing thing to, to consider. And, and my faith is only strengthened the more I learn in science, the more I hear and understand of what we are growing in. And part of that comes to how uh, unbelievably sophisticated the universe is. And so when I think about the earth, this is an area of great faith for me when I, when I learn these things and when, when I hear these things and study these things. One of the things I've recognized that that we've learned through telescopes and through mathematics is um, the impact the sun has on the earth. Did you know if we were 2% closer to the sun, there would be no life on earth? 
If we were 20% further away from the sun, uh, it would be too cold. Carbon dioxide would build up and there would be no life on Earth. Do you realize that if our orbiting around the sun was any different, at any different speed, right now we have a precise speed that we orbit around the sun. Uh, we go around the sun at a rate of 365 days. Make sure I find it correctly here. Uh, 365 days, 5 hours, 48 minutes, 45.51 seconds. All right, we travel around the sun at that rate. If we traveled at any different rate, if there was an increase in speed or a decrease in speed, it would have such significant impact on the world, there would be no life on Earth. The amazing thing is our sun is in a 4% rate, meaning there's very few stars like our sun that allows for life to exist on planet Earth. And on planet Earth, it's mostly made up of water, and that water has an amazing purpose. Did you know that the oceans are the Earth's air conditioner? It keeps a constant rate across the Earth. So the rays of the sun hit the Earth, it hits the water, and the oceans absorb the heat. And then as night comes, it dissipates that heat, and it maintains a level temperature around the Earth. If the oceans did not do this, there would be no life on Earth. We are on a 23-degree axis. This earth that we're on right now, we're slanted at a 23-degree axis. If we were at 90 degrees, there would be tidal waves that would go over us. There would be no seasons, and life would not exist on planet Earth. The moon is 400 times smaller than the sun, and the sun is 400 times further away from the earth than the moon. Absolute precision. There is no error in any place when it comes to the understanding of this. Now, oxygen or air works the opposite way. Heat rises. If heat did not rise, do you realize that we could not have life on Earth? That, that the oxygen dissipates into the atmosphere at a rate that allows life to be on Earth. In the core of the Earth, there is a magnetic sphere they're called the magnetosphere, and it keeps the radiation from the sun from killing all of us. There's a planet called Jupiter. Many of you know it's a very large planet. Did you know that that planet is in the precise location with its strong gravitational pull to pull any comets that would hit our Earth and destroy us? It is in a shield position. And as science has studied this, They've come to the understanding that the possibility of a planet having all of these things aligned the way they have aligned is one in 60 billion. The likelihood of a planet having life this precise and, and having all of these systems this precise is the revelation of a God who is so meticulous. And when we come to this place, and we worship that God. He is a God that is far beyond our ability to understand. The reality of how everything is working and functioning in this room, my atoms, my protons, my electrons, all of these things God ordained and called into existence and allows us at this moment to praise his name. Psalms 139, 13 through 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. 
A man, a couple weeks ago, a pastor declared upon us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And my daughter turned to me and she said, Dad, what does it mean that we're fearfully made? And it's one of those dad moments where like, I have no idea. (laughs) But as I was thinking about it, and as I was even working on this message, the revelation that I don't know the power of this God. I can't grasp the immensity of what he has called into existence. I can't grasp the immensity of what we're headed towards in eternity. I can't grasp the depth of his love. And it's, it's a fearful thing in the sense that it is so awe-inspiring and it is so far beyond any of us. And for us as humans to talk to God as though we are equal or somehow can undermine him is foolish at best. He is the great I am. He is the reason to breathe. He is the reason to speak. He is the reason to live. And he has set us free from captivity. He has set us free from prison that we should all be in for eternity. And through his stripes, we have been healed. Does that strengthen your faith? Because we live in a world of doubt. We live in a world that says you can't know anything. We live in a world that says this whole God thing was a crutch for people so they could control them. Everything that I believe in, there's a good chunk of the world would say I'm a fool for believing it. And so that leads me to faith. How strong is your faith? What is your faith in? What have you put your faith of your existence and eternity and present in? And as we look at these verses, how does your faith protect you? How does your faith protect you? Have you been protected by the faith you've put in Christ. So as we look to his words, let's precede it with prayer and ask him to speak in a new way to us today. Father, you are worthy of every second. And Lord, one day, every knee, every bow, every, every tongue will confess that you are Lord. And Lord, as we come to this place in this moment in all of time, we declare that you are worthy of everything that we are. You're worthy of every ounce of energy we have. You're worthy of every thought that we have. You are creator God. And Lord, help us to to understand the love you have for us. Help us to understand the freedom that you've given us. Help us to walk down a path of understanding and, and peace of knowing that we have been set free and that we can be in this in, in deep, meaningful, powerful relationship with you today. Lord, as we look at these verses, we understand that you want us to know that there is a war going on. There is a battle for our souls. There's a battle waging every day in every person that we meet. Help us to recognize that. Help us to realize that we are to take on the armor so that you can protect us and you can give victory. Lord, we give you these moments. We ask you to speak clearly to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. A focus of of this whole study has been from Ephesians chapter 10, verse 6, and we're going to go through verse 16. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms.
Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, and with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Verse 15. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And so as we've moved on from the belt of truth, truth and the breastplate of righteousness, we've moved on to footwear. All right? How many of you are wearing shoes? Good. I appreciate you doing that. Sandal shoes, something to cover your feet, right? Why do we wear shoes? Protection. Why do you wear shoes? So you can look good, right? Get to where you're going. But you know, shoes have an immense function in life. They have, they have a high priority in our lives. And when Paul is writing this, he's sitting in a, in a jail cell and he's looking at these Roman soldiers and many of these Roman soldiers would, would shod their, their sandals. They would, build their, they would get sandals that fit their, their shoes precisely. You didn't want a size 10 if you're a size 8. Why? Because when the enemy shows up, you've got to be ready. You've got to be ready to plant your ground. You've got to be ready to advance. And if your shoes don't fit right, you're not advancing and you're not holding your ground. And so many of them would make sure that their, their sandals were precisely made for their foot, that they had an individual foot, and we all have individual feet. And we also have individual spiritual gifts and, and responsibilities that God gives us that he expects us to be prepared to use them. And then many of them, they would put spikes or, or nails in the bottom to maintain traction. Do you know the difference? This is a soccer cleat. The difference between this being effective and ineffective is taking these little studs off. The studs make it effective. If you take the studs away, it becomes ineffective. You see, this morning as we gather here, each one of you in this room, if you have confessed Jesus as Lord, he is giving you a mission. He is the general, he is the king, and he has a mission for your life. And there are people in your life that will suffer and die and perish if you don't fulfill your mission. And your mission calls for you to be prepared and preparation to put on something that fits you specifically. It's fitted to you. Its purpose is the gospel. And what it produces is peace. At school or at work, has there ever been a time when someone shows up and everyone's face goes from a smile to a frown? Have you been walking down the aisle at some store and you see someone and then you turn because you don't want them to see you? Right? Have you ever been at home and someone comes home and all of a sudden you want to go to your room? Right? Because there are people that bring peace and there are people who bring war. Amen? There are people that bring peace, the peace of the gospel. Do you know what the gospel is? It is the death, burial, resurrection of Christ setting us free from sin and allowing us to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Do you know what happens when the Holy Spirit of God fills you? You become kind, you become full of joy. You become full of peace and patience and long-suffering. Your whole personality begins to be formed around the Holy Spirit. And so when you show up, the Holy Spirit shows up. When you walk in the room, the Holy Spirit walks in the room because you are his temple. He lives in you. He reflects himself through you. He uses you. 
to reveal to the world who he is. And so my question this morning as we look at this and we talk about putting on these specific cleats for ourselves and the the battle that we're in, that's the gospel of truth, when you show up, does peace show up with you? When you show up, does the gospel of peace show up with you? Yes. Amen. That's my prayer for myself. I would hate it if I was so self-unaware that when I show up, people run away. That they don't sense a love or a joy or a peace or a patience or a kindness or a goodness or a long-suffering or a meekness. If they see pride in me, arrogance, hostility, judgmental attitude, critical ways of looking at everything, I can see how that would produce war. And I can see how that would not allow me to build peace with those around me. The gospel of peace is powerful. The gospel of peace is making peace with God. That is the goal, is to allow everyone to come to that place of repentance and belief so that they can be right with God. Verse 16, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. I think it's interesting that the Holy Spirit led Paul not just to write arrows, because arrows are bad enough, right? Arrows are rough. If you get an arrow in the heart, you're not going to live very long. You know, arrows can really do damage. But these aren't just regular arrows. These are arrows that have been doused in some kind of oil or tar, lit on fire with the intent of burning the whole thing down. When I was in, in Virginia, we, in our house, we had these tall pine trees in the front of the house. And uh, some of them got some kind of strange fungus in them and they died and they fell over. And my father-in-law came and helped chop them all up. And uh, we pulled them into the backyard. And, and the thing I enjoyed the most was burning all of it. And you could take this really big tree, and there's something, I don't know what it is, God created it's in you, that it is just a fun thing to burn wood. But you know, you take that tree, in a couple hours, there's nothing left but ash. Do you know your marriage can be destroyed that quickly? Your finances, your relationships. You realize there's a spiritual enemy that's aiming at you, and there's a fiery dart, and that dart is not there just to wound you, but to burn your whole life down. Turn everything to ash. Turn your hope to ash. Turn your joy to ash. Turn your relationships to ash. Turn everything that's going on in your life into ash. And God says, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a tool. I'm going to give you something to protect yourself. It's called the shield of faith. It's called the shield of faith. You put that, sh- that, that faith shield up, and guess what? You're protected. You're protected. Now there's a problem here. Obviously that sounds wonderful. How, do, how does that work? Well, there's a problem. There's a problem with both of these things, and if we don't recognize the problem, it'll be difficult for us to really put on the full armor of God. I believe the first problem we find in Luke 12, 8, and 9 First problem is this, I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. I think one of the challenges of our time is for us to be bold in our faith. To be bold with our relatives, the ones who see us all the time, the ones who know our good side and our bad side. 
to be bold with our neighbors, to be bold, not in an abusive boldness, not in I'm going to beat you up with the gospel, but a boldness of this is what defines me. This is who I am. This is what I've put my faith in. This is what my life is about. You know what's really easy is to make people think your life is about accomplishment or success. It's really easy to get people to think your life is about something that's, that has an expiration date on it, something that doesn't really fulfill, because most of the world is pursuing those things so you can fit right in. But do you realize in a day-to-day conversations how many opportunities you have to share your love for Christ? Do you realize how many opportunities we have to stand and say the reason that I am this way is because I was bought with a price and my Lord and Savior has changed everything about me. And he, he continues to grow me and mature me in my faith. You know, it's hard to put on your shoes if you're not really putting them on. You're just looking at them. You're just saying, yeah, I know I have a mission. Yeah, I know there's people that God wants me to speak into their life. There's people that, that I'm to come alongside, people that I really need to, 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 to invest in their lives and share the gospel with them. But that's going to cost me something. What are they going to think about me? They're going to think I'm a religious nut. They're going to think I'm a fool. What if, they, what if they belittle me? What if they undermine me? What if they don't want to talk to me ever again? So there's a cost, the cost to your mission. It wasn't a mission given to you because it would be easy. It wasn't given to you because there would be no challenge. In truth, the harder it is, the greater the glory for the Lord. Are we willing to stand our ground? Are we willing to stand up for truth in a loving way? Are we prepared to acknowledge Jesus publicly? You know, every time Jesus healed someone, the story would go on that they would go into their village and they would share the healing with everybody. And and then those people would want to find out who is this Jesus. And then they would experience Jesus on their own and then they would make a decision. If you don't ever point people to Jesus, people are never going to go to Jesus. And they're going to go to the bottle. They're going to go to the drugs. They're going to go to so many things that will only destroy them. Secondly, I think there's a problem when it comes to faith. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all who find fault, without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person not, should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. You see, when you take up the shield of faith, you can't take up half the shield. I can't have the top part of the shield be the Lord and the bottom part of the shield be my own intellect and ability and knowledge and wisdom. And I've done that. All right, God, you get half of it and I'll get the rest. My faith will be half in you and then half in me, and that'll fill my faith cup, right? But you know how strong my shield is? It's worse than than cheap paper. (laughs) It would be like trying to stop a fiery dart or a fiery arrow with a piece of paper. 
It's just not going to do anything. And when I'm double-minded and my faith is not completely in the Lord, and, and when those times come and those, are, those darts are fired at you, if you're not completely all in in your faith, it's not going to work. And for many of us, maybe that's happened, and you said, I've given up on faith because it didn't work. Well, were you all in? Were you all in? Or did you hold a little part for yourself that I'm going to control this part, I'm going to hold on to this part? Because faith is an all-in type of thing. You see, when someone shoots an arrow at your, your relationships, when someone shoots, when the enemy shoots an arrow in these areas, what you can say in response through faith is, I have been bought with a price. I was formed in my mother's womb. My eternity is set. Because that arrow is going to have a little thing and it's going to say, oh, all those things you did in your past, they're too bad. You can never be forgiven for them. You're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. You're a failure. All those things that come at you in your mind. Your future, you're going to run out of money. You'll have nothing. Everyone will hate you. Do you know what I find so interesting? All of us in this room have had these thoughts. All of us have struggled with this. We struggle with the thoughts that come to our minds, and we don't recognize that they are arrows with fiery tips shot from an enemy. And the faith shield pulls up and says, wait a minute, all my sin has been paid for in the blood. My life is submitted to the Lord, so if you have a problem, you need to go to him. My, my Savior said he's going to prepare a place for me that when, where he is, I get to go be with him. My past is settled, my present is amazing, and my future I can't even comprehend. Do you know when you have that kind of faith, the arrows just don't get through the shield? They don't get to your heart, they don't get to your brain, they don't get to your soul, and they don't burn your life down. You're going to have days when arrows are shot and you can't even see the sun. But even in those moments, the shield of faith, the shield of faith will sustain you. But you have to be all in. You know what else is important here? One of the things that I think is amazing if you study the Roman soldiers is that having one shield is great. You know what's better? A whole army of shields. Do you know what we're supposed to be doing in this room right now? We're supposed to be joining up and linking arms and putting our shield up and getting our sword ready and taking on the enemy. Do you know what's not protected when you do this? Uh-oh, I'm running away. <laughs> Your backside is not covered. Your backside, you put on the full armor of God, your backside is not covered. And so when you're given a mission, you're given orders, and God is saying, here's what I want you to do with your life, and if you don't take those orders and you, you say, I'm going to be Jonah, I'm going to run away from this thing, Guess what? The, the thing you were trying to get away from the most is going to be twice as harsh and twice as challenging. And so we see a problem, right? We see an issue. Are we single-minded in our faith? I think this is one of the toughest things as a Christian. Be single-minded. 
Trust God with your relationships. Trust God with your children. Trust God with your grandchildren. Trust God with your finances. Trust God with your health. Trust God with every area of your life. Put all your faith into him. Don't hold on faith for other things. Put all your faith into him. That's the only solution. So what's God's answer? Luke 12, 11. When you're brought before the synagogues and rulers and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourself or what you will say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. Do you know how you learn from the Holy Spirit? You spend a lot of time with the Holy Spirit. You spend time with the Holy Spirit, and he's going to teach you, and he's going to protect you, and he's going to use you. The verse I want you to take away from this morning, the verse I will hope that you would memorize, the verse that I think as Christians we need to know very well is Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Faith is confidence and assurance in Jesus. I feel Jesus. I feel the Holy Spirit all the time. I hear the voice of God, not audibly, but I see it all the time. That's what he offers us. That our faith is something that the more you pursue it, the clearer it becomes. Your faith is grown on commitment. Your faith is grown on dedication. Your faith grows when you, you submit and you say, uh, I will decrease so you can increase. I will sacrifice all that I am so that you then can come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to be a living sacrifice so that you can fill me and use me. I've said this before, and I think it's valuable, something you can share with your friends and family. If you have no Jesus, if you have no faith in Jesus, then you have no peace. But if you know Jesus, then you know peace. That's the equation. That's the solution. It's amazing how our language works, right? It's the same word, but it means um, significantly different things. No Jesus, no peace. If you know Jesus, you know peace. How do you have this peace? I believe the way we apply this, prioritize your spiritual growth. If you want to get healthy, you prioritize your diet, you prioritize your exercise. If you want to get your relationship healthy, you prioritize the person you're trying to be in a healthy relationship with. If you want, to pri if you want your workplace to be successful, you prioritize it, you calendar it, you put it in your schedule, and you make sure that you follow through. It's the same thing with our walk with the Lord, prioritizing time committed to the Lord through prayer and reading his word, through being together with other believers, through advancing on what he's given you to do with your life. Ask God to help you be the person of peace. Be a person of peace in your world. Be honest about your faith. Where are you in your faith walk today? Ask God to strengthen your faith. And then I would encourage you to memorize Hebrews 11.1. 1. This is a core value and belief that faith is confident in what we hope for, knowing the assurance of Christ. Because we don't see it, but we know it. Before any of this can happen, you must be twice born. This morning, if you came here and you don't know Christ as your Savior, you don't know that you are set free from your sin and where your future lies, 
you can be twice born. You were born of the flesh. That's how we got in this room. We're physical beings, but we're also spiritual beings, and we're dead until we come to Christ. He says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so today, have you done that? Have you made that decision? And finally, what is God telling you? If you think about your life, what is the mission God has placed in your life? And on that mission, are you sharing the gospel of peace? And are you protected with the shield of faith? You know, when we started the message, I talked about the globe and I talked about the order and organization of the universe. You know, those same principles are true in our lives. We can have the chaos and mess of this world in our lives, or we can have the organization and order of God in our lives. We can live into our purpose, just like the 23-degree angle of the globe has a purpose and a mission. You have a purpose and a mission because God formed you in your mother's womb with a plan. And today, he's reminding us all of that because most of our lives... We get distracted from our real purpose, and we need to be reminded. Let's talk to God.